0: Welcome. Welcome to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I am Jason Whitlock, your host. Awesome show planned for you today. A special uh, interview with uh, King Randall. King Randall is the founder of the Life Prep School for Boys in Georgia. I believe it's in Albany, Georgia. We'll get here from King Randall here shortly. He's a young man that has a passion for trying to mentor, disciple, uh, raise up a group of men, young boys, into men. It's a shared, I I think there's great synergy between what King Randall's doing in Georgia and what we're trying to do here in Fearless. We want to inspire young men to be like King Randall and get involved in their communities and try to be leaders in their community and take responsibility uh, for their communities. And King Randall's been at this, I believe now, for a couple of years. Uh, he caught my attention over the weekend. I believe on Sunday he tweeted out, uh, these are the ages of children that were shot an hour away from my hometown um, from my hometown at a gas station, boy, age five, boy, age 12, girl, age 13, girl, 13, boy, 13, boy, 14, boy, 15, boy, 15, boy, 17. And then he follows it up by saying, folks, going to sit here and act like mentorship is going to change this. Absolutely not. If you as a man can't admit that we need to create an entirely new system, you're smoking something. Speaking at schools, mentoring on podcasts, et cetera, will never, ever do anything serious. Be serious here. Our communities are hot trash because of pretend fake work. He then did a follow-up tweet, it's 2023, and if you seriously think an inspirational speech is gonna fix the serious crap going on in our communities, you're lost. Stop blaming God is, is saying we need, I'm sorry, stop blaming God. Blaming God is saying we need to pray. No, God only helps those who help themselves. Your prayers are useless. If you're doing nothing, it's akin to playing the lottery sad times we're living in and the system has a strict hold on our men um, then he has it the xforboys.org he lists as anyway king randall uh i read this and i was somewhat sad reading it cuz it, it 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 expresses some frustration that i think your feeling. And it made me go, I wonder if if King Randall's starting to question whether the work he's doing is having an impact. And so I, I would like for you to, first of all, tell us what you are doing in Georgia, and then tell us what you were trying to convey with your tweets.
1: Sure. Um, I have an all-boys boarding school in Albany, Georgia. It's completely free of charge. Um, We don't charge the parents anything, uh, but the students, they live with us 24 hours, seven days a week. We have nine boys that we have at this particular moment, uh, but I've been boarding children for the past four or five years. Uh, I started at my home, and sometimes, just like what I was talking about in that tweet, I get tired of the excuses that men, uh, weak men make in our communities about why we can't do anything. I was 19 years old. I had seven juvenile offenders in my living room, and I was even taking care of my own child at the time, and I funded them by fixing cars, cutting hair, painting people's houses, uh, d- doing anything. I became a neighborhood handyman to pay for field trips, to feed them in the evenings and feed my own child. And I didn't have a job, but I made sure that I was taking care of these students and these children every single day. I had one child out of every child that I've ever worked with for the past five years go back to jail. And the only reason he went back to jail was because I literally had to go on a trip and he went right back to his home environment and he had to go. he had to go to jail because of something that he did. Being in the wrong environment. And it's so tough nowadays, and it's hard because moms make it extremely tough for me to do my job because so many of them, oh, well, my baby this and my baby that. You'll call me and say, can you come talk to my son? No, I don't want to talk to your son. Can you bring him to book club consistently? Can you bring him to Bible study? Can you bring him to the workshops we're doing? I have an automotive repair workshop teaching kids how to work on a car. Well, he didn't feel like coming today. Well, who's the parent here? Like, it's so much stuff that's going on, and I've just began to be beyond frustrated. I'm tired of being politically correct. I'm try, tired of trying to say things nice and for weak men in our communities. It's absolutely ridiculous. We got guys out here thinking they're doing something and they're mentoring, you know, and they talking to a kid once a week and think they're doing something. I'm like, absolutely not. Half of y'all don't even have no no children. I'm like, you're not married and don't have no children. Why exactly can't you go find one or two boys to go pick up every day from school, take them home, get them something to eat? Why can't you go find a family to feed? Why can't you really go do some real work? Because all this pretend fake working, we're trying, to do this and we're trying to do that no you're starting nonprofits, and what you're doing is you're getting all these grants and the communities are are failing and since they are failing you continue getting these grants our our organization hasn't got one grant we don't we don't get any government funding the communities that you serve they they benefit you uh, if they're in turmoil, they benefit the school systems for being in turmoil. They benefit the churches. They benefit the other nonprofits because they give them money because the, the system has the cities in turmoil. You get paid for it. So literally, they don't want to see anything better. That's why the pastors around here tell me I need to be quiet and stop doing stuff. And the pastors want to bring me to these backroom meetings and, and commissioners and everybody want to tell me to be quiet because I go say these things. I'm, I'm tired of it. I'm, I'm sick of the excuses. Uh, we making weak boys. We got them all in their feelings all the time and what they feel. Feel like doing it. Nobody cares about your feelings. It's war out here in, in the real world. It's, it's complete war. We don't have the time to be worried about all oh, my feelings this and my feelings that. We don't have time for that. I got a son. My son, he needs things. He needs food. They need clothes. Both of my sons need all of these things. I don't have they don't have time to be worried about my feelings. I have to get up and make it happen. Whether I'm happy, sad, angry, mad, or glad, I have to get up every day and do everything with the same vigor that I do that I would do it if I was happy. I get up at 4:30 every morning, I go to the gym. I go to the gym, I go get my students squared away, I go get my kids squared away, I put everybody in school, I make everything happen. I do after school, I do Bible study, I go to bed at 8.30. I do this every single day, nonstop. Why can't other men do these same things? I eliminate all those excuses because of my age and that's why older men do not like when I start saying stuff because it makes them look stupid and useless because they give too many excuses about the things they should have been doing for a long time. They should have been doing this stuff. Our community should have been changed and we still out here blaming the white man and still blaming the system. It is 2023 if I could do it and and board children for free and I'm not charging parents nothing. I pay for them to eat. I pay for their haircuts. I pay for field trips. I put gas in my truck, my staff vehicles. I make sure my staff has everything they need. I make sure the kids have everything they need. Why can't we do this all around our communities and stop making freaking excuses? There are no more excuses anymore. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it.
0: King Randall, how old are you now? 24, 25? 23. I'm 23 years old. 23 years old. What gave you the heart the passion for what you are doing.
1: Uh, I just simply seeing what's not been done. Um, I was 18 years old when a, a classmate of mine went to jail uh, for 30 years um, for hiding a weapon that was used in a in a murder. Even though he wasn't there, he hadn't been in any trouble. Um, but he got sentenced to 30 years, and I'm asking the judge, you know, I'm just trying to advocate for him. I'm like, is there anything he could do, some type of program he can get into? And they're like, no, I'm just like... Why don't we have any rehabilitation programs for juvenile offenders in in our communities? And they were like, well, they do have rehab. They have a a functional family therapy program where they meet for three months, once a week for an hour. And they're spending eight thousand dollars per child on that idiotic program in our in our community. That's not helping any children. Be for real with me. I don't even use that much money for the students that I that I serve. Or whatever. So it's it's stupid to me. We didn't have any rehabilitation programs. So I started my program. And that's when I discovered that children couldn't read. Almost 96% of the children that I'm working with That I was working with at the time at 19. They could not read a book. These kids are in high school, middle school, and different grades, and they cannot read and write. It is absolutely ridiculous. I wish I could I would want to show a video and uh, without embarrassing the students and not showing their faces, but show how they write and show how they read. It is absolutely ridiculous. My son is four years old. He reads fluidly. He reads better than the seventh, eighth, ninth. 10th graders that I have coming in the classroom. He can write and everything. He's doing crossword puzzles, whatever. And he's four because I have him his own teacher, you know, here at our school. But our students are being completely failed and our school system where I live is spending so much more money than the average school in our state. And our kids are graduating and they can't read. Why are only 39% of the kids here graduating proficient in reading and writing? That is absolutely ridiculous. And the only reason that number is so high is because they keep sending home, kids home for no reason. I just got another kid, got expelled. He's been written up eight times during the year for stupid stuff like making noise in the classroom and, and talking. And He just got expelled for this last time because he was making noise and they got tired of it. Like, it's dumb stuff. They can't even deal with kids. It's just, it's just a, a lot that builds the passion, which is why I created a school which is why I have to fund this myself. I do understand that I did get hot for a little bit and people saw what I was doing. Once they actually saw that I was serious about creating our own ecosystem, creating our own system, I was wiped off from the media. I understand that because it doesn't benefit the system. So I know I'm going to have to make my own money again and, and fund what we're doing on a on a mass scale because I want to see big schools. I want our entire city, I want all boys coming to our school. And we want to create a girl-sister program for girls to go to these schools and take these phones out of their hands. Our kids, no cell phones. They don't look at TV. They don't get on their phones. We don't show them the news, none of that. They have strict systems every day. They get up at a certain time. They work out. They eat. They go put their uniforms on, They come to class. They do their classwork. We do Bible study. We pray. You go eat again. We do our afternoon activity. You go to bed. Weekends, field trips, whatever. But we have stuff that we do strictly and literally after the first month and they went home for a break. Their parents like, oh, my God, my son is this whole new kid. You know, literally just routines, routines, build habits, habits, build character, character makes the man. It's really simple. Routines are important for boys. If you don't have any routines for them, they're going to fail. If you if you're not teaching them that is war out here, those kids are going to get destroyed. And that's what's happening to our boys right now.
0: Randall, how did you grow up? Were both your parents involved? H- how did Randall grow up?
1: I grew up in a village. Um, I had my mom, my stepdad, uh, my biological dad. We don't have a bad relationship or anything. I won't say like you know, he's a bad person, nothing. He just wasn't around that often, but I could call him or anything. But my uncles, my grandfathers, etc., I I have great relationships with all of them. Um, my stepfather taught me how to grow my own food. We grew everything in the backyard down to our seasonings. We grew our fruit, vegetables. We have, still have all the fruit trees in our yard. Um, the boarding house that we just got finished for our students is actually my boyhood home. Um, That's where I grew up at, and we turned it into a safe haven for our students. It's nine bedrooms, three baths now. So we built uh, every we built our sheds. We built our dog houses. I learned how to take care of chickens, turkeys, rabbits. Everything. I grew up a country boy, and until this day, I can call my grandfather, my uncles, and everything for wise counsel. So, any decisions that I make, anything that I do, I call counsel for these things. My grandmother was a Christian woman, you know, and my uh, grandfather was a pastor. My mom's a pastor. I grew up in the church. I played the drums in church my entire life, you know. So I'm I'm strict, you know, about Christianity. I fell off for a couple of years, obviously, you know, and I got back to my my roots, but literally I grew up in a, a full family full village and that's what I want to create for boys. So you have me, I have my other uh, female instructors that are around my students for them to be almost like moms for them. And you have me, my junior instructors, you know, to be the male figures for them. We almost have a a complete village and ecosystem for our students and that's what I want them to have. And the only reason I'm like the way I am is I give credit to God and my family and and how I was raised because everything that I do goes back to something my uncle told me or something my granddaddy told me or something my grandma told me. I had that village, you know, to, to to help me. I don't have no crazy story like these other folks have about mama being on crack and none of that stuff. I don't have none of those stories. I had a simple family, middle class, grew up in well, I kind of grew up in the hood a little bit for the most part. Um but from getting jumped and robbed and all that stuff, I didn't have a, a little life but I had Family. I had a village. I had people helping to raise me from the guy across the street who drove trucks to the deacon that stayed behind our house to the candy man down the street. All these men like helped raise the the boys in our community, and I'm just thankful for what I had. That's how, that's why I am, you know, the way I am.
0: Randall, sit tight for a second. I want to talk about uh, one of our primary sponsors, Preborn. This Valentine's month. We think of hearts and those we love. The heart tells us that we're alive. Before a baby is born, their heart will beat approximately 54 million times. So today we say Happy Valentine's Month to cover over to over 200,000 babies that Preborn Pregnancy Network has rescued. It was your sweet heartbeat and the generosity of you, the pro-life community, who made this possible. You see, when a mother is considering abortion and she hears that precious heartbeat and meets her baby on ultrasound, the majority of time she will choose life. Preborn is the largest provider of free heartbeats across the country. This Valentine's month, you can give a mother the chance to choose life for her baby. Now, that's better than a box of chocolates for sure. $28 sponsors one ultrasound, and $140 will sponsor five ultrasounds, helping to rescue five babies' lives. 100% of your donation will go to saving babies. Will you share a heartbeat? To donate, just dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. Get involved today and dial pound uh, pound 250 and say the keyword baby or donate securely at preborn.com slash Jason. That's preborn.com slash Jason. Randall, people will watch this interview and see me talking to you and they'll have the thought that's running through my head. This Randall sounds too good to be true. How can a 23-year-old do what he's doing and have the passion that he's doing. There must be some sixty-year-old puppet master behind the scenes that is controlling or advising you. It, it, it I, When I first heard about you, I, I thought it was tremendous, and, and but it just it sounded too good to be true. And I don't ask that cynically. I, I ask it just like for the people that are watching, that we just don't meet very many 23 year olds with your passion and commitment. Why should we believe you?
1: Oh man, you know, um, I've said that before about myself being honest. You know, once I've heard about my program, uh, like, let's say I'll listen to an old clip of mine, you know, back when I first started. It does sound too good to be true. I mean, I always tell people the only way you're going to believe it is if you come and see it. And I give everybody an open invitation to come to Albany and see what we're doing with our students. Um, but, well, of course, we're extremely transparent what we do with our students. You could go on our website and see all of our galleries from firearms training, from welding to horseback riding, uh Painting houses, whatever. You know, I've done so many things with the students. You could go scour my Instagram if you like and go all the way down to the bottom to see when I first started, because I don't delete posts. You can go all the way down and see when I first started and see all the stuff that I've done. You can literally see my growth on Instagram from when I first started out of my house with those kids to doing exercises out in my yard to us having a facility, you know, and the government system trying to shut us down, everything. I mean it's it's been a wild ride to say the least. It hadn't been easy at all. It just gotta have the mindset and and honestly just some men were born with that fire um, every man went born that fire, you know, and I'm lucky to be one of those men to be born with that. Uh, you, you're not going to stop me. You can't you can't convince me that I can't do anything. I don't believe that I can get depressed or, or too sad to do anything or, or the world's going to beat me up too bad. No, absolutely not. I have something to do. I have a goal to accomplish, and I believe I'm the only person that's going to do it if if nobody else will. You know, so that's how I get up every day. I get up every day and I make it happen. Four thirty smack dab in the morning. I go hit the gym. I get my brain together and I go t- attack the day because I have stuff to do for my kids, for my, my students. And I personally believe if you're a father and you're not actively involved in a community that your children have to, to grow up in, how can you call yourself a father? Because you are not, you can't just solely focus on the house. They got to grow up out there. Albany's crazy. I want to be able to be comfortable with my kid going to the park and, and things like that. So I want to be invested in the full community. And if all fathers thought like that, where would we be? um but yeah just simply go to our website email set up a call whatever you like meet our students set up a video call whatever works you know we have parent testimonials online also too so feel free to go look um but everything's there for us i'm not like these other nonprofits that barely show you what's happening i show you every single thing we're doing from top to bottom um from us waking up in the morning to going to sleep what we're doing um so if you want to see it You know feel free to to reach out go go look on social media at new emerging king or go to our website uh, at the randall
0: it it, you've you've said you you have one kid or two kids have have your personal life your own personal journey have Mm -hmm. you handled that well yeah, for the most partish. ish um,
1: I have two biological sons uh, They were born in marriage I got married immediately Out of high school um, You know, things didn't work out With their mom, obviously But, uh, you know we still have a great relationship, co-parent well. My student, my sons attend my school um, and I still take care of their mom, you know, so she has no wants or needs because I make sure she's okay. I owe, I owe her that just for even being, you know, a listening ear and, and, and from being broke for a little while and me having to build this dream up, you know, so even though we didn't work personally, you know, I still owe her that gratitude just for, for birthing my children and, and listening to my ideas and, and, and helping me, you know, get there because she used to cook for my students and everything, you know, so I Appreciate that, um, but I take care of their mom, you know, and my sons love me to death. Uh, so we have a great relationship. But other than that, you no, know, I'm still 23. That's another thing I like to tell people. I'm not one of these people that parade around perfect and none of that stuff. I make mistakes. I talk to my students about them um, and I'm learning also you know as I as I get older another reason my students relate to me is because I talk to them about things that go on girls or or stuff that happened on social media or whatever like that you know I don't I don't shy away from any hardship that's what testimonies are for um, so I don't shy away trying to keep my image polished or whatever like that I don't care about none of that I'm still going to help these kids whether people don't like me or, or hate my guts these children need assistance um, and I'm going to make sure I do that regardless if people support me or not. Um, and that's what I believe in. Um, but yeah, my, I have two biological sons, King II and King William. Um, those are my two biological sons.
0: And has your organization, how, how does it finance itself? Was there a time when you received donations or sponsors? How does your organization finance itself?
1: Yep, so we're completely donation driven. Um, When we first started, as I mentioned, I funded everything myself. This was when I had a thousand. Followers maybe on uh, you know social media, and that was just from because I had the account since high school. Um, but I I literally funded the organization myself to begin with. Um, once we went to the White House in October of 2020, that's kind of when we got a little bit of traction, um, and people saw what we were doing on social media, and people started donating uh, to our cause. That was the first time people started donating, and um, I like I said, I've been wholeheartedly trying to help the children as much as I can, and I've al- always been transparent with what's happening with our funds. Uh, we it became an official 501c3, and I think it—I think it was like October of 2021, um, and people started donating more. Then um, I did a viral interview with Roland Martin um, back in March of 2021 um, that went internationally viral uh celebrities etc reached out to, to me and what we were doing everybody was excited about it when it was just the after school program and i always say that uh and people thought i was playing when i said i was going to open a school that was going to be free and i was so serious i said i'm going to open a school and it's going to be free of charge and we're not going to charge parents anything And it's going to be boarding and we're going to do 24 7 and we're going to we going to make it happen as soon as the school opened all the press dropped because people thought i was playing and i'm like no we have to create a completely new system for our kids but other than that people still donate to what. What we're doing the, the the small amount of people that do see us. We still get donations from them. We still have people that we call, and and I still we still do fundraisers on our own, like car washes and things like that, to make it happen. Um, it does it get tough? Absolutely. You know, our mortgage is like four grand a month. Our last light bill was like seven grand. Like, is it? It gets a little expensive, and then sometimes my staff and I have to go without pay you know, but we make it happen um, still, you know, I still do what I have to do as a man to make sure, you know, my students are provided for, we still assist their parents sometime with bill money or whatever like that. So whatever we can do to help, you know, we do it. Um, from feeding this community that we're in, whatever. I mean, we, we do a lot, you know, with the donations that we do get um, and people love to donate because we always show what's happening all the time.
0: You, you said we need an entirely new system. What, mm-hmm. what is that new system we need?
1: Um, as far as for our kids, uh, it needs to be a complete new ecosystem for our students. And we have to get back to the village. We have to get out of the idea of raising children by ourselves. I do not believe that if I, if I were to just get sole custody of my kids that they would just turn out to be the best kids. No, absolutely not. I have stuff to do. Daddy has to go work. I have to go to war out there for you. So, yes, I have them their own teacher. My grandmama helps. My mama helps. Her mom helps. Everybody Everybody assists with the kids, including our students you know my mom will come cook for them sometime you know um uh, my the head headmistress of the school we take them different places or whatever like it has to be a complete village so we have to create that ecosystem for parents or even parents of uh, not being scared of the idea of, of boarding like i'm like people send their children to boarding schools all the time and it helps them a lot don't think that you're sending your child off or you're giving up on them or whatever like that i'm like no people hear boarding school and they think what they've heard on, you know, like a movie or so I'm sending you off the boarding school. I'm like, that's not it's not a punishment. Most kids that are in boarding schools love it. My kids never wanna go home. They're like, I don't wanna go home. I don't wanna we can't we stay over the break. I'm just like, I have to go spend time with my own children. I have to take my own kids on vacation, you know. So, but kids that are in boarding schools, they love it. So And I'm just not saying just maybe a boarding component, but literally just a full ecosystem for for kids that have an equal amount of males to be around them, that have women to be around them and take social media out of the equation, take TV out of the equation. Or if we are going to put those in the equation, teach them how to make money off those things. And we have to create words out of our boys. Um, What they're afraid of right now is most boys my age, like if, if I were to get 23, 50, 60, 100 23-year-olds that think like me, they would try to drop a bomb on us, because absolutely not. They cannot have that. So, what we're effectively doing is is creating a small roster of warriors that are going to go and take back our communities, especially here where I live in Albany. It's my first project, my hometown. This is a city that Dr. King failed in. This is a city that many other people have failed in. We have had so many celebrities come out of here and have had bad stories, and they don't like to come back because of the black cloud that everybody says is over Albany. I'm going to raise boys, and we're gonna go take this city back I've said multiple times that our city has so much potential if I were to bring you to Albany its potential incorporated the leadership here the mindset here etc is the reason why the city can't grow I've told them before, and I, everything I say comes to pass, we're, we're going to build the first skyscraper to come to Albany. We're going to get the, the most businesses to come here. We're going to get factories to come here, etc. We're going to build our own school campus. We're going to build stadiums. We're going to do all this stuff in, within five to 10 years. I've told them that, and I make that my duty, because I'm going to make sure it happens, and our students are going to make sure it happens also. Because I always tell people, you think I'm cool at 23? Imagine my younger brother who's 17 right now, and, and I'm raising him. Imagine these other boys when they turn 23 they're going to be
0: a complete force to be reckoned with absolutely so do you like want to be mayor of albany at some point no
1: you don't have to be the mayor to make these changes that i'm talking about um i'll tell the mayor what to do once i get to a certain status that's where you go um you want to get there because somebody's in the mayor's pocket telling him what to make happen etc but for the most part where i live I don't need the mayor's permission to go buy land and and build a stadium. I don't have to have his permission to go build a school. I don't have to have his permission to start my own bank or whatever. I don't have to have that permission for that. Um, Even if they didn't want to to grant it, I don't have to have their permission because we live in one of those smaller towns where we're not governed like Atlanta is maybe or whatever, but we can make these changes happen and it's simple approvals of my brain. Um, Other than that, uh, we don't have any any obstacles in our way. I don't have to be the mayor to make these changes happen. You simply gotta have a pocketbook for it, as they would say. And um, I've already come to the conclusion that that's what I'm gonna have to do. I'm gonna have to make money and and become somebody and become the top man here to to make these things happen. And I've I've created a plan already within this past year. I've decided that I'm not gonna be able to just fund this, you know, from people hearing what, hearing about what we're doing. I was it was laid on my heart while I was sleeping that I'm going to have to make some real money and become a gazillionaire to make these changes happen. And that's what I'm going to do. I stayed up 36 hours two weeks ago and put this whole plan together in this office right here to make all this stuff happen. And it's going to come to pass because I know the plan that I created. Um, And that's what I'm going to do. It's going to happen. And I just want people to watch me do it.
0: I got a friend that lives in Albany, so I'm familiar with it. I, I don't think most people don't have an understanding of how rough Albany is. It is it, rough. It, it is not an easy place for a young kid to mm-hmm. grow up. Uh, the school system's there, there's a lot of gang violence, there's just a lot of. Mm-hmm. Albany's just not an easy place. So, I mean, the, 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 the. This isn't some little Hick town that doesn't have real problems. Y- you're taking on quite a challenge, and it would be an unbelievable story if you could pull off any of the things you're talking about, let alone all of them. Well, I'm a
1: Christian man, and, and Jesus' story was unbelievable. And if he's going to be my sibling, if Jesus is my brother and we were created by the same God, I believe I can do unbelievable things also with the power given to me by God. I can do all things through Christ, Christ who strengthens me. Uh, so we gonna make it happen uh, regardless of who don't like me whatever obstacles get thrown in my way You are you are created and made better through pain. I enjoy when things are, are, are hard I enjoy when I have a little pain I, it's, it's okay I know something's good coming on the other end every single time So I'm literally almost always happy people always wondering why things could seem like turmoil around me I'm just like alright bet, because I know God has something in store when if you are doing what you're supposed to be doing if you are listening if you are operating in total obedience things are going to happen that are supposed to happen God will come right on time every single time it never fails I've been doing this for the past five years doing what I'm supposed to be doing and God comes through the moment I stop doing what I'm supposed to be doing God don't come through because he got to show you that he's God and also he needs to get out the glory and and that's where we are giving God the glory and making sure I stand by God, not by man, not by governments, not by any political party. I don't care, that's why I have stopped subscribing to being politically correct and trying to keep my image polished and all that stuff. I don't care about that anymore. You get this first exclusive interview, you get this whole new King Randall now. I don't care, I'm gonna say what needs to be said and I'm not softening it up because I made these posts and everybody's like, oh, you should say this softer because men, you know, they might get offended and blah, blah, blah. I don't care. If you are offended, go do something about it. Prove me wrong. Go in your communities and go do something. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to piss you off so you can get up and go do something in your communities. Stop going to these schools and and these motivational speeches and think you're just, oh, I'm changing the community because I'm out here speaking. No, bruh. I don't don't even like talking to people's kids. Like, if you're going to call me, can you you come talk to my son? No. Can you bring him to book club? Can you bringing a Bible study? Can you bring him to all the activities I have going on every single week? That's the consistent change you will see. I get moms called all the time. Oh, he just, oh my God. Oh my God. I'm like, no, preventative measures is how we keep a hold on our kids. Not waiting until they do something idiotic to want to, to wanna change them. No, literally preventative measures. I got kids 10, 11. I'm like, mommy, you should go ahead and start sending him to me because he's going to He's going to turn 12 and 13. And I'm telling you, you got him on his phone all the time. He is at school, et cetera. He's going to get into something. Lo and behold, they called me when he turns 13, after I asked him to bring him before, can you help him? He's almost too far gone now being real with you. A lot of times the kids do get too far gone and they never want to listen to you. They never want to be honest with themselves, you know, and it's never their fault. Another reason I have trouble with moms is it's never their fault. It's never anything they could have done differently. I'm doing my best. No, you're not. You could be doing your best by trying to make sure you prevent these things from happening, especially if we have free programs like we're offering in Albany, like it's, it's completely free. Why aren't you sending your child? Um, So
0: that's that's where I am with that. Randall, I I would love for you if you could check your schedule. I'd love for you to come visit us here in Nashville. We're having an event on Saturday, April the 15th. I I would just like and you know what? I've seen you here in Nashville. You came up for a Candace Owens event uh, when she released her documentary. (laughs) We met there. I'd love to get you back just so. You and I and some guys on my team could uh, meet get to know each other a little bit better and see if there's something we can do uh, To support your efforts in Albany Georgia, you know, everything you're saying Lines up perfectly with what we're trying to do here, but I guess we just like a little closer look I would like a little closer look under the hood and just uh, Man, I keep we're gonna keep you in our prayers Thank you for the time. Uh, we will stay in contact. Appreciate you, brother. Thank
1: you for having me. Absolutely.
0: All right. That's uh, King Randall. Want him to come out to the roll call event here in Nashville on Saturday, April 15th. Want to meet that young man. Want to meet you guys. Make sure you're going to fearlessarmyrollcall.com. Very witness requires courage, not perfection. Um, that's it. Play tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow. Waiting for the countdown, coming off the breakdown, standing in line, for freedom. Looking for a breakout, feeling like a standoff, off, nothing in line, like freedom. Came like a fighter, striking like a ladder, making all this moves for freedom. I want freedom. No negotiation, my system, no relation We all just wanna have freedom Sitting on the corner, never been alone I'm breaking my back for freedom Bless, we are living, get back, we are receiving All deceiving, we all wanna be
1: free